Welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trumbull, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trimble from the Executive Appeal. And today, <laughs> you know what it is. Today is a good day. Today, I have with me not only a phenomenal CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't stop there. Not only a just a brilliant mind in the in the area of finance. No, it doesn't stop there. I would say the most the most awesome approach to say that right now is today I have with me a really great friend. <laughs> a great friend who's done some amazing things. She's been featured on uh, TV One, on, on Fox News, on ABC News, on uh, U.S. News and World Report Money. I mean, she has been featured almost, it feels like, everywhere in regards to yeah, Ebony Magazine. Uh, she was named Washington, D.C. Top 30 Under 30, and she was a top financial advisor for, uh, identified as a top financial advisor for millennials. This woman is amazing. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? But no further ado, I want to introduce you to this wonderful woman, Miss Dominique Broadway. How are you doing today, madam? I am great. I am great. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's easy when you're introducing someone amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. So, you know, I, I love to just jump into these conversations. And, yeah. I, and honestly, I remember back in the day. <laughs> back in the day when we were young, we're not kid anymore, but some days I sit and think we were a kid again. Back in the day, you and I were having a coffee. It was like a lunch um, okay. in Silver Spring, Maryland. It was a, mm-hmm. uh, it was probably like Pete, Pete's coffee or something like that. Okay. And I remember you talking to me, talking to me and, and, and telling me what you believe you're going to do in life, that you're going to do amazing things. And of course I believed you, but how, how does it feel to, to accomplish what you've accomplished at, if I can be this bold, to say such a young age, because you are a badass. I think I can say the eight words. My, <laughs> my You're a badass. Thank you. Um, you know, honestly, if it feels good. It's actually a conversation I was having with my grandma yesterday, and she was just asking, like, how I feel, and am I happy, and all the things. And I'm like, you know what, grandma? I'm really proud of myself. Like, I am just really proud of myself. And I think that's something that as women, especially as people of color, a lot of times we don't stop and acknowledge and give ourselves pats on the back. And that's how I feel lately. I'm just really proud of myself. I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish. But at the same time, I feel like I'm just, I'm just getting started, you know? So it, it feels, it feels good to have accomplished a lot of the things that I said that I was going to do when I know when you and probably many other people were like, what is this girl talking about? Right. But now, <laughs> you know, starting to accomplish those things. And like I said, I feel like I'm just starting. It, it, it feels really amazing. Well, well, first of all, I'm about to take a step back. I, I got way too excited for actually let me. Let me push you. Let me push back on this one. I never thought you were not going to reach, uh, reach your goals. I mean, you had your own radio station earlier. I think you were you were COO of an organization at the age of thirteen. Like you were doing like crazy magnificent stuff. But I realized I didn't tell the audience 
what you do. So, madam, can you explain and share with us what you do? Yeah. So my name is Dominique Broadway. I am an award-winning financial planner or financial expert, founder of Finances Demystified. So I was previously a licensed financial planner and wealth manager for high net worth individuals. And now I own a eight-figure financial education technology company where we create online courses, digital products, and financial technology to help people demystify their finances and essentially live their, their very best lives. Madam, so <laughs> there may be some people right now saying, why did I have to bring her on? We're not, we're not here to talk about money. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about yeah. your career advancement. But I cannot tell you how critical money and financial planning is. Um I, if I can just say this, Dominic, and I'd love to hear and get your, your reactions to this. Um, the reason why I am always telling my clients and, and, and people I coach to to really focus on their finances is because, you know, as you're trying to navigate your career and, and advance, there are risky opportunities. Yeah. There, there are opportunities that, may, that require you to take a step out of your comfort zone. And, you know, it's so much easier for me anyways. It feels so much easier to take those risks when I know I have some financial backing, a financial safety net to help me. What, what are your thoughts on that, Miss Dominique? No, I mean, it's it's totally true. Like having what I like to call that FU money, right? That says like, I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. It helps to empower you to make those bold, uncomfortable moves, right? You know, even now as a CEO and being in a leadership role, I have 25 employees that work for me, right? So I'm constantly having to even exude um, the personality or finance that we're teaching, right? And making sure that people have a good understanding of, yes, you come, you work here, but you also need to be managing your finance as well so that you can make, you know, just those decisions and moves, you know, with, within your own life. And I think, honestly, it, it just it just gives you that confidence. And that's all we, most of us. We want to be confident. Right. And that's what money does. When your money is in control and you have control, well, your when your money is under your control and you have control over it, you just feel more confident. Federal open season is over. But you can apply for WEPA life insurance year-round. WEPA has been insuring the future of federal employees for more than 75 years. WEPA can be used as a supplement or replacement for Fagley and can cost less. Last year, members who switched saved $375 on average. Apply for WEPA group term life insurance and see how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. You, you, you know, you make me, th- you remind me of the whole thing. Like when you don't have money, generally money is what you think about all the time. It is. And it has control over you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to be focused on money. That's how I want to get my money. So I want to ask you, um, you know, when I talk about building your way to success and networking and, and leadership skills, generally speaking, it all starts with mindset. Now, there are probably a lot of people right now saying, Honestly, they'll say, well, Dominique, I don't know if I really need that much money. Money's really not that important to me. I don't want to be the person who's always focused on money. What would you what do you say to that person? Money is important. It really is. Like as much as people try to act like money is not important, it's important. Uh, If you want food, 
what do you need to get it? Mm-hmm. What do you need mm-hmm. to get it? Money. If you want a home, what do you need to get it? If you want a roof over your head, what do you need to get it? If you want air condition, what do you need to get it mm. uh, to get that? If you want heat, what do you need to, if you want shoes on your feet? So I think that people need to stop acting like money is not important because it is, <laughs> right? If that was the case, then you would just, you know, become a complete, you know, like nomad, go off the grid, live in the woods, which is some, which is what some people do. But if you want to live in this society and on this earth, unfortunately, money is important or you need to have some goods or services that you can trade. You can go back to the barter system, but that's still a form of what currency, which is money. So it's important. So I think we all need to like anyone that says that money is not important. That usually means they have a negative relationship with money. They don't have a good relationship with it. And they try to demean it or uh, take away its value, right? Because a lot of times people feel like if I take away the value of something, then it won't um, won't be as important to 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 me. But the value doesn't go away. So I think it's really important if you're saying that for you to really look at your relationship with money and say like, do I have a negative relationship? That's probably why you feel like it's not important. Now, I think that money is very important. It's not everything. Trust me, it's not everything, but it is very important. It is the thing, like I said, that puts the roof over my head, puts food in my mouth. I mean, you know, feeds me up, helps me take care of my children to have childcare, all those things. So I think I think it's, it's very vital um, and we need to, you know, kind of let that maintain its value because it is the main thing that keeps us all going. But but Dominique, I mean, you say it and you make it sound so easy, so very very. Easy. Well, it is easy. <laughs> it I mean, is. But but you started off as a like a five year old kid, you know, you know in, in an organization in thirteen years, you had a, a radio your own radio show. Like you've done some ridiculous stuff from an early age. Don't you have to start from a from birth understanding and implementing these these ideas to be successful and to be able to to provide for you and your family? No, not necess- no, not necessarily. Right. That's that's not the case. You have to look at some of the most successful people in the world. Right. They typically come from humble beginnings. The difference between them and people who maybe aren't successful is a lot of times the drive. Right. You see people all the time like, oh, I, I came from nothing. And here I am. You know, I came from I, you know, my mom was a single mom. My dad was in prison the first five years of my life. Right. I ended up growing up middle class. But no, I didn't start out in the ideal situation. Right. Is that an ideal situation? No. Right. Um, but it's that drive and motivation and, and hungerness and hungriness or hunger or whatever you want to call it that, you know, was really in me that made me aspire to want to do more. And then even when it comes down to money, I love making money. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know why I love making money? Because it gives me freedom. And I want the freedom to be able to do what I want to do. It also allows me to uplift everyone around me, right? I have 25 or so people that work with me. Some of those are family. Some of those are friends. So as I'm going around, going on this journey, what does money do? Money allows me to uplift everyone around me. And now I can also be uh, be, be be able to help and support other people and other initiatives or or um, or causes that I am passionate about. So those are all the things that money allows me allow me to do. I think that you say, oh, you make it look easy or, or make it seem easy. It is. It is. It's simple as that. I will say this. One of the the 
the biggest things I, people are like, Oh my gosh, Dominique, how did you do this or do that? And how did you make all this money while you were pregnant and while you were having a newborn and, 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 and breastfeeding and all these crazy things and you're still managing your team. I believe I can. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that. And I think that in life, especially, you know, as leaders and as executives and whatever it is, we focus on what we can control. That's what makes us great leaders, right? When everyone else around us is freaking about, about every, freaking out about all the other things, leaders are really great. We focus on what we can control. That's why, you know, even a lot of times people are like, how do you go through these things with so much grace? I'm focusing on what I can control. As simple as that, right? And believing that I can. That's one of my favorite quotes. If you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, you can't. Right. So I know sometimes I'm in the gym and I'm working out with my trainer and she's like, are you ready? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, I see what you're doing there. And I'm like, what? like <laughs> you ain't ready, but you're trying to convince yourself that you're ready. And I'm like, that's true. And that's literally how I approach life. Because as, lo- as soon as I start believing that I can't do something, it comes true because I'm convincing myself and I'm putting it out there that I can't do it. You, you know, but I. I... If anyone was to Google your name, your, your name comes up very easily. Oh. FY, anyone who wants to Google her. Um, it's it's so interesting because you have all this success. You have a, you know, multi-million dollar business. Like you've done phenomenal. Yeah. And and you've lost at mm-hmm. times. Yes. There, there, there's an article I, I read about you, um, you know, losing everything. Do you, do you mind sharing a little about that? And yeah. how? How, how did you share? We'll ask questions later. Can you share a little more about that? Yeah. So there was an article uh, that came out in Forbes um, and it was basically saying how uh, I went from being broke, a broke financial planner to making over $8.5 million. Right. And basically the shifts that had to happen. Right. I got into that situation because I was undervaluing myself, not charging enough for for my for my services, right? Not understanding the value that I'm actually providing. I got into that situation by ignoring my financial situation, right? Um, because I previously was a financial planner and I was always so great with money. I bought my first house at 22 and saved up all this money by 25. And once I started my business, um, which was doing okay, I wasn't charging enough. And so because I wasn't charging enough, I wasn't making enough. And so I was tapping away at my savings, tapping away at my savings, tapping away at my savings to the point where my car went into my uh, car uh, got repossessed and my house went into foreclosure. Right. And I was able to get all those things out, but they happened. Right. And and I look back upon those times, I am able, just like I'm able to tell you, this is exactly how I got into that situation. I was ignoring my finances because I was like, Oh, I'll just do better next month. And a lot of times as entrepreneurs, that's, that's what we do. We're like, Okay, this month is bad, but next month I'll do better. Next month I'll do better. Next month I'll do better. And it wasn't it wasn't happening. And so I got into this situation, which in the time I felt like I felt like was a complete failure and I was a failure. But looking back, and even as I was, you know, coming out of that out of that out of that phase, I realized it was it was a lesson, right? It was it was God's, yeah. I like to say, master's education for me, right? The next level mm-hmm. of things I needed to learn because as a, previously as a financial planner, I knew how to invest and in, in, in trade and in, in create financial plans and all these things. What I was not familiar with was the other side of finances. 
How do you manage if your house goes into foreclosure? Yeah. How, what do you do when your credit score goes down to a 450? I can tell you because I've been there, you know, <laughs> and it, it was just a whole new level of education. So I think a lot of times, like I said, with, with life, it's all about perspective. Right. Yeah. And so you only fail when you stop. Right. So I would have failed if I got in that situation and just like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. There's nothing that would have been a failure. But for me, that wasn't even a failure. That was a lesson, a stressful, expensive lesson. But it was a lesson that I was able to take and pivot from. Right. So you only fail when you stop. Uh, but, yeah, that that was that was how I got into that situation and, and um, how I guess kind of kind of how I was able to to get out of it in a way. Yeah. You know, you, you remind me of a, a personal story for me um, during the. I used to be in the federal government and people who may know I was in the federal government. And um, during maybe three years ago, uh, there was a government shutdown and everyone was very, very anxious, right? Because you're not getting paid. You have expenses. Bills are coming. And the government was shut down for like 30 odd days. And during that time, I wrote my second book. During that time, I started creating courses. During that time, I started um, doing more videos on the importance of building relationships and networks and so on and so forth. And I remember someone coming after me online saying, how are you talking about building relationships? How are you talking about building networks right now? Everyone's in pain. They, they don't have jobs, they don't have paychecks. And there's two things about that. One, um, the reality is, is that Generally speaking, I think it's like 80, literally 80% of jobs are filled via relationships and networks. So if you want more money, you need to be networking, relate, building relationships. But two, I realized, yeah, I wasn't in as much pain because my wife and I had spent the time to build up that cash reserve so that those those months of of un, not having a paycheck, we were able to survive. And the same thing right now with the inflation, I realized, and this is not a brag, this because a lot of hard work went into building this, this safety net for us that we live underneath our on, on our means so that when things go up, we don't have to change our lifestyle. Um, now, mm-hmm. some people may get mad. And I, I kind of felt this the other way. I was, the other day I was thinking about like, oh, should I feel bad? Should I feel guilty? And someone was like, no, like you worked hard for this. Mm-hmm. So, Dominique, what, what, what are your reactions to that, if any? Yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely noticed, um, I was actually talking to someone else about this recently. I definitely noticed how far removed I've gotten from a lot of things. Right. I remember a few months ago and everyone was talking about the gas prices and I remember sitting there, I'm like, wait, gas prices went up? Like I didn't even know. Right. Um, one, I don't drive much. And when I do drive, you know, I'm only, I probably get gas once a month. But when you are financially stable and comfortable, sometimes you don't feel those small, those smaller things. So even when we talk about the government shutdown, you know, I remember that. And it was crazy to me. And I never forget, I was like, wait, the government was only shut down for 30 days. Like, I think y'all missed one paycheck. That's it. And people were, like not paying their rent. And it was, and I understand like the paycheck to paycheck situation, but it also really put a, a what is it? A, um, a, a magnifies or kind of magnified, like, uh, or put a, a bright light, right? Um, on the fact that most people are still paycheck to paycheck, right? And that mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. that I think we, we, for, we forget, right? Unless when that's in that situation. But I, I know there's a study, it's like the average person has five, less than $500 saved. And 
that's huge. And so I remember that government shutdown and I remember just thinking like, you haven't even missed your first paycheck. Like people were complaining before the first paycheck didn't even come, right? And it's like, and you know, you're going to get it back. It's like they do a back pay. So, you know, I think as we're heading into this recession and, and, you know, just coming out of the pandemic, all these, all of these situations need to hopefully finally make people realize that they can't just like you have to put money away for the rainy day. If you're a manager in the federal government, do you have feds protection professional liability insurance? Because if you don't, you need to get it. Having a feds policy means that you will be protected against any professional capacity lawsuit, administrative action, or criminal investigation arising from actions taken in the scope of your employment. This insurance is a must-have for federal managers and starts at just $209 a year. Plus, your agency will reimburse you for half of this cost. To learn more, visit www.fedsprotection.com or call 866-955-3337 today. Because the rainy day ended up being a rainy two years during the Mm. pandemic, right? We thought Mm. that COVID was going to last... I know I did. I was like, oh, it's going to last like 30 days. and like, whatever. And COVID lasted. I mean, we're just getting out of the pandemic and we're still hearing that COVID is around. Right. Um, so I think it's very important to during these times to, to get serious about your money. Right. No job is guaranteed. Even as a CEO and a founder, my company, my job isn't guaranteed. Right. Sales could fall, things could shift. I wouldn't let that happen, but it's possible, right? Um, and so, also with the federal government too, I think a lot of a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm from DC, and a lot of people, um, you know, just get really comfortable working for the federal government. Mm. They feel like I can't lose my job. I'm not disposable. And one of the things we've known is that you know, even your federal, as, as they used to call it, your good government job is not guaranteed, <laughs> right? Um, and so that has put a a little bit of uneasiness on people, but I want people to, no matter what job you have, doesn't matter what job you have, always make sure that you're making your finances a priority. Like that is key. And you know, when when you're you're thinking about this as if you're a business owner, your your finances are very important. As a, as a as a as an employee, your finances are important. And having those emergency funds, and not even just for the rainy day. Like, what is the point of working? If you never have a cushion, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. do you really want to work until the day that you die? Right. And that's oh, I, I want to answer that. No, I want to answer that. No. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I want to answer that. No, I don't want to work for the day I die. Yeah. Back to you. <laughs> yeah. So I actually don't want to work the day I die either. Right. But I also want to make sure when I stop working that I can maintain this lifestyle. You know what I mean? I am in a point right now where I honestly could stop working the rest of my life, which is insane. I'm 37. And I was reading, I was talking about financial planning the other day. He's like, yeah, we're a, you don't really have to work anymore, which is amazing feeling. I can still live, live a decent life, right? But that's the point, right? We need to be getting our finances to a place where we can, if we want to stop working, we can. But for a lot of people, they get in these situations. And, and, and even like, I probably would never actually stop working because I get bored, right? I'm gonna start something. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but we wanna make sure that we even have that option, 
And for a lot of people, they're not giving themselves that option when they're technically making enough money where they could, you know, they could at least put start putting their money away and getting serious about their finances so they can give themselves that option at some point. You know, Dominic, there, there's definitely another question I want to ask you. Um, but I, there's one personal one now because it, it, it is the narrative that I've been telling myself now for years. And I just want to be a little authentic with those individuals listening and watching today. So Dominique, I, I consistently, and this is something I do, I actually do fairly often. Mm-hmm. Think about that last time you and I were sitting down um, at that coffee table talking and you strongly encouraging me to jump out and start my own business mm-hmm. over and over. You told me to do this. <laughs> And, and I, and I didn't because, you know, I was really, I was making a difference at the organization I was working at and all I had to do was wait, you know, another eight years and my student loans would be forgiven. Um, and then, you know, other mentors say, Hey, Alex, you know, you should, you should jump out and try this. And I'm like, no, no, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. And then people offered me jobs. I'm like, no, 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 I really enjoy what I'm doing. And recently I figured out that it wasn't that I was enjoying what I was doing per se. And I, and I was, but really it was fear. Mm-hmm. It was the fear of not being successful um, at that and, and jumping out there. So I, I'd love to just ask you, like, what do you what do you say to those individuals to help them overcome the fear of trying new things? You know, again, your programs are meant to teach people how to how to uh, make money. There's still a risk component around it, right? So how do you help them overcome those fears? So for me, it's another one of my favorite quotes is don't fear failure, fear regret. I'm more scared of regret. Um, and I would tell anyone if you're like, oh my gosh, but what if I fail? And what if this happens? What if that happens? All those, what if those things happen, happen to me? I just told y'all. I remember when I, when I left my job, my great job at this amazing financial firm, I remember, you know, saying, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, the worst thing that can happen is my car will get repossessed, my house will go into foreclosure, and I'll go dead broke. Those things happen. They all happen. And I face those head on, and I face my biggest fear. So now I'm not really scared of anything else, right? Because I've already faced that fear. But even then, I was more scared of waking up at 70, 80, 90 years old and saying, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. I was more scared of that. So I would say that for anyone that that's scared and you're filled with fear, are you more scared of waking up and saying, I wish I had done that and now I can't do that? That's what I'm more scared of. I will also say, you know, if you're religious or I'm a, I am a religious person, I'm a religious woman. I, you know, I love, love the Lord. <laughs> faith and uh, faith and fear can't reside in the same heart. And so that was another big thing. Another big, another big um, quote that I say. And in, in, in even now to this day, when fear does start to creep in, I focus on faith. Right. And I know that, if I lean on faith, the fear, the fear just it decimates. It goes away. Right. So as, as long as you're focusing on faith and leading with faith, 
the fear can't, it can't come in. And when you're full of faith, let me tell you, I've been running on faith fumes for the last few years, <laughs> right? And I'm like, I don't let any fear creep in. And when it does creep in, I, I address it, right? And I, and I go out of my way to make myself com- uncomfortable. That's another thing that, that um, a lot of people don't like. They don't like to be uncomfortable. I love being uncomfortable. I am so uncomfortable right now with all the shifts and changes and things that we have going on and all the, the books, all the stuff I have coming out. I'm like, I am so uncomfortable, but I love this because I haven't been uncomfortable in a long time. I got really good at doing this one thing very well and it got easy and I got comfortable. Yeah. And once I started getting comfortable, I'm like, I need to shake this up. I need to make myself uncomfortable again. Um, and so that, that would be my answer. Faith and fear can't go together. If you're picking fear, pick fear, stay in your fear, be scared, but get out the way for everyone else that's picking faith. And then fear, uh, uh, you know, don't fear failure, fear, regret. That's what you should be scared of. You know, Dominique, I want to underscore for everyone real quick. Um, she did say when fear does arise, she pushes, she deals with it. So what does that mean? That means that even at her level, she still occasionally deals with fear. Oh, oh yeah. It still, it still creeps in. Like now, like I said, we're, we're doing new things. I'm a little nervous. What if this doesn't work? But you know, the thoughts start to creep in. Oh my gosh. What if this happens? I need to, I need to hire this person. How am I going to find them? Like, it's different problems, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. different things that you're scared of, but you still have to, you, nope, that, yeah, get out, right. They still creep in. There's no way to block it all out. Yeah. That's also where you have to protect your, your ear and eye gate, right. Create your own ear and eye gates. Right. I was having, I was on a podcast interview yesterday and they were talking about the recession. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, uh-uh, we ain't doing all that. We're not doing that. Because that is literally like you trying to take on all the things that's happening in the world and the media and all this stuff and you're letting it paralyze you. That's all fear does. It paralyzes you. We all know that family friend or whoever or colleague that has been trying to get the promotion for whatever for forever has been trying to start that thing forever or trying to buy a house for forever or wanting to travel to so-and-so for forever and they haven't done it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. These are people who are literally letting fear paralyze them. And you'll see them at 60 or 70. As I said, they're going to be like, oh, man, I wish I had done that. I wish I had done this. Or I wish I had done that. I am more I am more scared of being that person. That's what I'm scared of. <laughs> Dominique, you you are amazing. Now, everyone, I'm going to I'm going to. I'm going to be very self-serving right now because I know there's only so much time that Dominique has. So I'm going to end this early so I can talk to her for a little bit. Um, Very self-serving. But that's what you can do when you're in charge. Yes. Um, I do want to ask you one last question, then we'll start wrapping up. Um, If anyone were to watch your your Facebook group or your Instagram, whatnot, um, they would very quickly see that you are a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm be very careful when I ask this question because I am not a woman. Um, yeah. But I've heard that 
how you can't be successful and have be a woman with children or you just can't spend any time with your children. But it doesn't seem like that's the case for you. How do you do this? Yeah, I think it's I mean, so I don't think there's there's really no such thing as balance. Right. I think that you can people prioritize the things that they want to prioritize. And thankfully, I am I am the CEO. I'm the owner of my company, so I can structure my life. I do have two kids. I have an almost one-year-old and a almost three-year-old and they're very active. And I've set my life up so that, you know, I can, I'm with them most of the time, right? Um, they're, they're not here right now, but I, I am with them most of the time. So I feel like with all things, listen, with all things in life, as I said, you focus on what you can't control. People don't realize there's so much in life that we can't control. I can control where my children are, how much I get to see them. Like I can literally control all of those things. And so so that's a lot of times people are like, how in the world, like I see that your children are there or they're here and they're, they're always with you, but you're always, you know, you're also working. It's really just figuring out what you want your ideal life to look like. You know, I love the fact that I can money, right? Money allows for me to have a nanny so that I can have my children nearby and I can still get to see them and be with them. And, you know, someone else may be taking care of them for those hours that I'm working, but they're right here if I, if I want to access them. So I would say, you know, definitely the whole motherhood thing, it does not, it it doesn't slow you down. It just shifts how you move. Um, I will say that one of the biggest things too, is that you know, all those people who I was actually talking to someone else about this the other day, they were saying, you know, they, they've been delaying having children because they felt like it was going to mess up their success. And I shared with them that, you know, when I made my had my first even million dollar month, I had a, a, a one a one and a half year old. Right. I think I was I was still or, no, like a one year old. I think I may have been like still breastfeeding her. Right. Um, and, and then when I went on to make the rest of even the other millions, I was pregnant. Right. Um, So, you know, basically saying that it doesn't stop you. If anything, it has provided more structure for me. It has allowed me to understand that I don't when I didn't have kids, you have all day to work. Right. (laughs) Hours you have all day, like all day long. I can do whatever I want to do. But when you have children, no, 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 no. I have like maybe six hours a day that I can really, truly work. You know, maybe sometimes less than that. And that's Mm -hmm. it. And so now I'm able to get a lot more done in a lot less time. I don't waste as much time. My time is very, very, you know, um, very, very um, uh, uh, tailored or in, in, in very um, just, you know, precise. Uh, everything we're doing is it's very intentional, intentional. Say. very yeah. intentional. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very doable. Well, look, Dominique, thank, thank you so much. I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> Madam. Are there any final thoughts, ideas, anything you'd like to share with our guests as we, no, you're the guest, with our audience as we begin to wrap up? Yeah, I would say definitely don't let, when you have those thoughts of fear creeping in, fight them off with, 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 uh, you know, thoughts of, of faith and, and overpower, overpower those thoughts with, with, with positive thoughts. That's very, very important. A lot of this leadership and all these things and, and just being successful all comes down to mindset. It really does. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is push out the negative thoughts. You can do anything you want to do. It's very true. You can do anything you want to do. You know what that means? That means, 
Don't just look back, reach back, bring someone else to the table. If you found anything of value in today's conversation, you don't keep it to yourself. Don't be that guy or that gal. Be someone who, who, who brings a good message to someone because Dominic just spent, what, 35 minutes sharing phenomenal advice and content with us. Don't let this fall on only your ears when you could share it with so many people. Thank you so much, Dominique, for being here today. I greatly appreciate you. Everyone who's listening, who's watching, thank you so much. And you know where I'm about to go. Stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trumbull, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.